Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on The Gup, we talk about all things relating to golf performance. So you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Wanted to apologize for the audio. There was a lag during our conversation, but hopefully it's been edited out enough to where you can actually enjoy the podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to Golf Under Par Podcast uh, with my guest, Spencer Cole, today. Uh, he's the owner of Vivid Performance Physical Therapy. Uh, he specializes working with golfers. He's also Titles Performance Institute certified, and uh, he's got lots of knowledge for us today. So, Spencer, thank you so much for being on here today. Welcome to the yeah. show. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I always start off by asking everybody, what got you into golf? Yeah, so I've been playing golf forever. I think um, my dad's always played golf, and so that was our way of bonding. So golf kind of holds a special place in my heart for that relationship. Um, And then I played a little bit in high school, but I was terrible. So I played freshman year and my senior year, and I was on JV both years. So as a, a senior on JV, you can imagine I wasn't the best golfer. Um, and then when I got into grad school, uh, I actually played a lot of golf. I was playing two to three times a week, uh, with buddies after class. So that's kind of, kind of when the love affair started over again. I did not practice that much in grad school, but I wish I had. You get the student discount, you get there after class. No one's there. It's awesome. Yeah. But I also had a kid in grad school. So if I wasn't studying, I was also taking care of a kid. So probably a little bit different from our situation. Yeah, and I will say, if you hear a baby scream, and I have a, a seven-week-old, seven so if you hear some noises in the background, that's why. Yeah, I think my kids are still getting ready for bed, so they might be right outside my door at some point, too. But we'll, we'll be all right. Not the first podcast I would have heard of screaming kids on it. So congratulations, by the way. Six, seven weeks. That's pretty awesome. Appreciate it. You adjusted yet? Not at all. I'm very sleep deprived. <laughs> lots of coffee and uh, lots of wakeless nights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say it gets better. You're always feeling like you're trying to achieve normal. That's usually what I tell people, but what is normal, right? It's always changing. So it's like, Oh, we're almost back to normal, Mm, but normal changes. So yeah. Now we have this whole new, new normal going on. (laughs) Right. Right. What are some of the top issues that you see with golf in your practice with golfers? Yeah. So, I mean, the most common things you have your low back pain. And I think low back pain gets a very, it gets talked about a lot because it's very common for non-golfers too. So we, we see a lot of that obviously, but recently I've been seeing a lot more elbow and wrist pain. And I didn't really think when I got into treating golfers that I would see a lot of that. Um, but I would say the last few patients I've seen has been elbow and the wrist. So why don't we talk a little bit about the back first, and we'll come to the elbow and wrist. Yeah. What sure. do you what do you think? Uh, what do you think are some of the things that lead or cause to to those issues? Well, I think 
the low back, the lumbar spine wasn't designed for a lot of rotation and our day-to-day life. I mean, look at us now we're sitting, we spend most of our time sitting and then we go out and act like our bodies are supposed to rotate. And then we get mad when we hurt and don't play well. It's like, well, you're not setting yourself up for success. So you get out of the course, you ask your low back to rotate and it says, no, no, I don't want to do that. And there you have the pain. So I think it's expectations of knowing what the back has to do in the golf swing is what I really want to bring to my patients. Um, when you start describing what the spine's supposed to do and they're like, Oh, I, you know, I can't do this cause I have a disc bulge or I have this going on. Like I have to be really careful. And you look at the pros today. I mean, the hot topic right now, Bryce and DeShembo, it's like, there's a lot of force going on and people are saying, Oh, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. Now he, he takes good care of his body. So like he knows where he can move and where he can't move. Um, but I think low back has definitely been a hot topic lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's so common in, in day to day, even with non-golfers. I mean, what I think numbers that I've heard are 90% of people are going to experience it at some point in their life. And, and 70% at one point in, in time experiencing back pain. So it's not it's pretty high numbers. And then you jump in, Hey, let's get injections. Let's get all these pain medications for it. Yeah. And that gets into a whole new topic, right? Like, yeah, everybody wants that that quick fix. And I always say, you know, the only thing I've ever seen in all the research that I've read is that movement and physical activities, the only thing that's pretty much beneficial for every single condition, no matter whether it's cognitive, mental, emotional, physical, whatever, but like I said, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so with our body, our spine is not necessarily, or the low back isn't designed to kind of rotation. Then, you know, how can we avoid that, or what's some tips that we can can do to to minimize that risk of having that low back pain? Yeah, and this is exactly why I think if you're a golfer, you need to go see somebody that specializes in the golf because the more you learn about the golf swing and having your knowledge of how we're supposed to move, you know where to get that movement. So the hips and the upper back or the thoracic spine are where we get that we get that movement. It's designed to rotate. We're designed to turn there. So if you can utilize your upper back to gain that rotation and kind of turn with your hips, you're not going to put as much stress on that low back. And I think that's where most of the problems occur because we don't move well there. And so when you don't move well somewhere, the movement's going to come somewhere else. And most of the time, that's the low back. Then let's just exactly the same way, you know, I feel the the amount of time that we spend sitting, it puts, you know, limited strain. I don't know if strain is the word I want to use, but it puts limited use of that hip, especially in that rotation pattern. And you think about most daily life, going upstairs, you're going forward and back. Walking, you're going forward and back. Up and out of a chair, you're going that forward and back and so there's not a lot of that you know rotation of that hip in there so just in daily life we don't use it and so it's kind of like that phrase of use it or lose it kind of a thing right i just think it's great how i mean it's not great but you you do your daily life and you're in these positions all the time and then you just expect your body to work differently like you sit all day long and you go to the golf course and say hey why can't i move this way it's like you spend all day long in the same position and so i think that's been kind of what I've been trying to educate people on the, the prolonged positions. Yeah. I, mean, I know recently there's been a lot of topic about that posture that you're mentioning and how the 
posture doesn't necessarily correlate with pain, right? But it's that prolonged positioning that tends to be the correlation. At least that's how I usually explain it to people. And, you know, if we sit in the same position all the time, things start getting, like we talked about, tight or, or just don't move as well. And then you ask it to move, your body's going to find some way to do whatever you're asking it to do. It's just, that's just the way it is. And then who knows where that compensation is coming from. I think you're right. I stopped, um, uh, I stopped preaching like, Oh, have correct posture because it all comes down to what position do you spend the most time in? Cause like for me, even as a physical therapist, I have terrible posture, but I don't have a lot of pain. And that's just because I don't spend the, the, my time in the same position over and over again. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so it sounds like, you know, one of the tips would be, okay, making sure we're getting up and moving and having some variable movement. So I guess what are, what are some things for specifically for like the low back? What would you recommend somebody that maybe be dealing with some, some low back issues? Yeah. So the first thing I talk about my golfers, like we said, I go over the positions they are in on a daily life and I just say, Hey, every once in a while, move around, you know, if it's less than 30 minutes, less than 10 minutes, depending on how bad it is. Um, so avoiding those, you know, static positions where you're sitting all the time. Um, and then I, I talk a lot about sleeping posture. Um, cause I, you know, when you sleep, not right now, but I try to get eight hours of sleep. <laughs> um, so you imagine yourself in this position for, let's say five to six hours of a static position where you're, you know, not moving it sets your body up for changing those length tension relationships where these muscles are going to get tight. These muscles are going to get stretched out. Um, so those are the first two things that I talk about. Um, and then the next thing for the low back, I really just target above and below. So like we do a lot of glute work. So I've been loving your videos <clears throat> that you've been posting about, you know, gaining some strength in the glutes. Um, and then also doing a lot of thoracic mobility work. And, you know, we'll do the occasional core, like the paloff presses and, you know, side planks and things like that. But I try to, I try to take away from the low back a little bit more so it doesn't build up this like holy grail of, oh, we got to protect the low back. Well, you know, you just need to move a little bit better in other places. Yeah, no, I think, uh, like you said, you know, if you, if you target some of the areas above and below, then the, the low back's going to take care of itself kind of a thing, right? Uh, I don't, I don't feel like having to really focus on core is something that's, that's necessary. If we focus on, you know, going through movements with good technique and, and thinking, being cognizant of, of our technique, then usually that core is going to be engaged with the weight. You know, if you're doing, let's say goblet squats or something along those lines, if you, if you're holding that weight, the core is going to be engaged and embracing as you're going through that movement or, Right. And pretty much with anything, we can kind of talk about how the core is going to have to, to brace. And so it's getting its workout in during your regular strength training, in my opinion, uh, most of the time. And I think that's a, that's a whole other topic, talking about core activation and, uh, you know, all the different techniques people are doing nowadays that they probably don't need to do. So you mentioned wrist and elbow has been kind of a big thing you've been seeing here more of lately. So let's talk about that there. So kind of what what is the tendency to lead to the elbow and wrist problems? Personally, I think it does stem from the thoracic spine and in the shoulder. And, you know, you think about how problems occur most of the time it's coming from somewhere else. So like I find that most of the golfers that I've been working with have had a poor time rotating 
to gain that, you know, in that backswing. And then when you come through, you got to throw the hands around to, to make up for that lack of rotation. Um, and it's a problem I'm dealing with right now too. So I've met with some golf instructors and kind of just kind of talked about some of the things that they, they work with players. And, you know, they, they say very similar things is that the hands and the wrists and the elbows, they have to be in this position, but if you're not able to rotate, then it becomes a whole thing where, you know, a lot of people are slicing. So a lot of people come over the top and, you know, throwing their hands out there. And it, if they're not in a good position, that can create some problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about earlier, right? The body is going to do what you're asking it to, and it's going to find a way to get it done. So if you're not getting any of that movement here, like you would ideally get, then, then you're going to be creating more with, with your arms. That makes sense to me at least. Um, and so then, if somebody is trying to avoid these issues, what kind of things do, should they be working on then? I assume thoracic mobility. Yeah. So I think if you're someone, someone that's dealing with these problems and you're looking to solve it, obviously go see your golf physical therapist. So identify and make sure that you're doing the one, doing the right stuff. And it's something you actually have to work on. Um, when my golfers come in, I mean, I'm obviously going to treat the, the soft tissue injuries around the elbow and wrist to give them a little bit of pain relief. Um, but then I'm also going to talk about, you know, how are you goes back to sleeping positions, prolonged postures, what's your day to day look like? Okay. You sit at a desk all day long, you know, we need to define some way to do some mobility work at your desk, whether that's, you know, the seated cat camels, or when you get home from work, make sure you're, you know, doing some extensions over a foam roller. Um, I'm big into rotation, like, um, I don't know, the Bretzel stretch. I don't know if our followers are familiar with that, but the Bretzel stretch is a big, uh, one of my favorites. Um, and then any kind of sideline, like open book exercise. So I think those are my two go-to for the patients that are dealing with some thoracic mobility issues. And I definitely will okay. do yeah. manipulation to the low back or the thoracic spine too. Yeah. Everybody's like leafy green vegetables and thoracic manipulation, right? Oh yeah. So everybody can benefit from them. <laughs> uh, so then with getting that mid-back moving a little bit better, maybe a little bit more stability in there or, or um, I guess control more so than stability, but then that would, you feel, then help with that rotation. Okay, so decreasing the amount of casting or use of arms in that practice, in your swing and that's going to help with limiting the overuse of the elbow and wrist. Is that what most of the issues you see are? Yeah. And that's, that's where I'll start off um, addressing those issues and then working with their swing coach and say, Hey, he's not able to, he or she's not able to rotate. And so I think that's why they're casting the club, you know, you take a look at it, their swing. Um, you know, we've worked really hard on their mobility they should be able to do the things that you want them to do in the lesson. So I, th I work close with the instructor. So that way we're on the same page. So I'm not saying, you know, one thing to the, the golfer and he's saying one thing to the golfer. So that's kind of, I try to stay away from teaching them how to swing. Um, I just make their bodies move better and then I'll send them to the instructor. Yeah. I've always liked the analogy um, where the physical therapist or the trainer are like the the, the people that are just kind of tweaking with the, the engines and whatnot, you know, let's say like a formula one car, you know, that we're, we're the guys that are just like, okay, can we get more RPM? Can we get a little bit better movement here and there? And then the golf coach is the guy saying, Hey, this is what you need to do. And, or the driver, I guess is probably better, 
term and then in the car is actually the golfer there so uh i think that's a good one there and so it shows you know importance of that team-based approach because everybody's got a different expertise and if we can work together for the benefit of the golfer then everybody wins right yep so so you, you mentioned a couple of times here about sleep position. I'd like to let's dive into that a little bit. So what is recommended sleep position that you would recommend here? Yeah, I know it's kind of a, it's a touchy subject sometimes, but uh, I always like to recommend sleeping on your back. Um, personally, I've had low back pain. So I looked at kind of my sleeping position and I always slept in the, the mountain climber position so that, you know, laying on your stomach with the one knee up with the arm up over your head. Um, and it just creates that, that position in your low back and, I, and I'll be there for six hours or so and I'll wake up and I'll hurt. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily say, Hey, you need to change it right now because we, we learn to sleep in certain positions. So a lot of my patients will, oh, I've always slept on my side or I can't sleep on my back because, you know, I snore. And so I think there's, you know, on a case to case basis, I'll change the narrative, but all in all, I prefer someone sleeping on their back, um, pillow underneath the knees. I personally use two pillows on my side. So I avoid rolling over. Um, and I don't know if you, you know, further down the, the TPI, training they they talk a lot about the sleep position so that's kind of where i picked it up okay and so so at what point do you decide that that's something that needs to be addressed is there a, you know certain maybe certain di certain issues or uh at some point like okay we haven't quite progressed to to the level that we would i would have expected and then you you go into that or do you kind of just address it up front um, when I'm talking to the golfer, a lot of times if they say like, oh, I, when I wake up, I hurt or my pain is worse in the morning or, um, you know, I can't find a comfortable position while I sleep or, you know, that's when I'll start to dive in it pretty quickly. Um, I will mention it in the first visit, um, just cause if I'm going to preach prolonged position during the day, I want to know what their prolonged position is at night. Um, so I, I will touch on it the first day. It depends on information overload. I'm not going to give, you know, them a hundred different things to work on the first day. I try to keep it pretty simple and then progress as needed. So, you know, I don't think there's ever a, there's a it changes case to case. Right. Right. It always depends. That's, yes. that's always the answer and everything, right? You, you know, you can, you can say there's an ideal of something or the other, but it always depends because everybody's unique. Everybody's an individual. So I can definitely understand that. And, um, <laughs> going to that information overload and that's partially why i try to keep these fairly short is because they say that what we, re we retain about a quarter of what we hear mm -hmm. and so you if, always hear the uh the that's the case, you know, i always tell i always joke with my patients that's why i repeat myself so much with them and so then i'm like oh yeah so blah 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 and then i say it again blah blah blah, blah. okay do you understand that now can you tell me that or or whatever and then that kind of the main important parts that they get that through. Awesome. So what is, what is one of the takeaways that you would like for our listeners to apply today or this week from what we've kind of talked about? I think um, taking away from <clears throat> some of the things that we've talked about 
if you're if you're really serious about wanting to play good golf like if it's something you like really want to do like you want to play in your club championship or you want to go play with your boss and you don't want to make a fool of yourself like i do think it is important to to go to someone that one specializes in the golf swing so they know what you're actually doing out there um have them assess you for what issues you may have start with that you know find a good quality swing instructor um so you guys can work in that partnership um the more that you have that team approach, I think that's the best takeaway. Um, I mean, if you look at these PGA guys, like they have a team behind them, they have a mental coach, they have a fitness coach, they have a medical provider. Like that would be my big kind of big picture takeaway from this. If you really want to play good golf and do it without hurting, um, something you could apply tomorrow is look at what your day looks like. Like, what are you doing all day? Are you sitting all day long? Are you, you know, moving around? Like that would be my, my um, suggestion is try to move a little bit more throughout your day. Pretty simple. It seems simple, but it works. And usually the simple things are the things that we decide we don't want to do. Right. Yeah. I, I always talk about how simple consistency leads to greatness. So if we do the simple things over and over again, consistently, that's what's going to make the changes that we're looking for. And I've talked to a lot of people I work with, okay, yes, it's super simple to do, like you were talking about the thoracic mobilizations, you know, it's going to take you a couple minutes just to do do that. But if you do it every day, you start gaining more mobility, you start getting better control of that movement, and that starts translating into your your golf game and into your daily life with, with general movements and general activities. So that simple consistency is is kind of the key i think is very important in, in that so yeah. i i agree and i think taking that inventory of what am i doing on a database basis so much of the things that we do we have we don't almost even register we're not even self-aware of of doing that like number of times that we check our phones just randomly i think i've checked my phone like four times just in this 20 to 30 minutes that we've been talking just to see what time it is and kind of just whatever something flashes on it. I'm like, Oh, I got to see what it is. Right. Um, so I think that taking that inventory, you start being more aware of, you know, okay, I'm in this position a long time, whether that's at, for work or whether that's for watching, you know, binging for Netflix or, or something like that on the weekends. So I like those tips. All right. So wrapping up questions here. Uh, what's your favorite golf course or golf memory? Um, so my favorite golf course is going to be, I always say, say it wrong, Poi Pu Bay in uh, Hawaii. I think any course you can get out to Hawaii and play is well worth it. Um, so that's both favorite course, favorite memory. I actually, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Australia for a study abroad. Um, it was a sport specific study abroad. Um, so I played golf every day for, it was probably four and a half weeks and you played right on the coast. So that's probably my favorite memory. That's pretty cool. Um, I'd love to get out to Australia, play some golf courses there. That'd be fun. Uh, all right. Who, who else should we have on the, the podcast? You know, I was, uh, that's a good question because we talk a lot about fitness. We talk a lot about, you know, mobility, you know, instruction, it'd be interesting to see like a mental coach, like all these guys have some mental coaches to help them with the game. Um, and going back to that team approach, 
to bring in somebody that um, could give a different perspective on the golfer. You know, we work mobility, stability, what's the body doing? The instructor works on mechanics. You know, the brain's pretty important um, and it controls a lot of what we do. Yeah, so I actually recently did an interview for those that are in the group um, and soon to be released um, as a podcast with uh, Billy John Taylor. He's a mental coach. He's done some some uh, work with, uh, I'm blanking on the name, uh, Zen Golf author. Uh, anyways, well-known golf co- um, mental coach. I'll probably come to me while I'm sleeping tonight. And Sorry? When are you going to post that? So that that is going to be on a podcast here in on the 6th. Um, so in about a couple weeks here, it will come out and – we, we had a great conversation about being more mindful in our moment and how that would translate into into our game on the course because if we can take just even a, a couple of minutes every couple of hours or even every hour over time, that gets our brain used to having to focus, right? And on the golf course, we're not going to stay focused the entire time because it's, it's a four-hour event, right? So you're not going to be able to stay focused, but it, it trains your brain to be like, okay, it's time to focus. And then you stay focused for that short period of time, and then you can you can unfocus and you come back to it. And so it just kind of subconsciously starts doing that. And that was a great takeaway. So for those uh, looking at, it should be episode 18, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the Golf Under Par podcast. So if you guys are looking for that with uh, Billy John Tyler. All right. Uh, so that is all we got for, for this time. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, before we wrap up, though, can you please tell us how we can keep up with your work and support you and what you're doing for golfers? Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is, this has been fun. Hope uh, I can do it again. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook is vivid performance, physical therapy. And then my Instagram is at Spencer Cole underscore DPT. So I usually post something, you know, pretty frequently throughout the week. So get on there, like it, follow all good stuff. All right. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for your information. That's the, uh, oh, we'll have all that in the show notes, but that's the end of the episode here today for the golf under par podcast. Well, thank you so much for all of you listening and thank you so much Spencer for, for coming on and, and sharing your, your knowledge with us about particularly about back pain and, and elbow pain today and sleeping positions. So have a great one. Hey guys, if you enjoy this content, Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by helping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.